Welcome back into First Take. Time to get into our scouts notebook. Mike D, Mike Detillier joining us. Um, Mike D's notebook brought to you by the Thibodeau Regional Health System. We've made it to week 18, Mike. How you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Thank you, Steve. Uh, looking at this running back group of the Atlanta Falcons, uh, we definitely know they are a problem. Obviously, Bijan Robinson, the rookie, everybody was anxious to see more of this season. But, man, oh, man, Tyler Algier's been a guy that really has put in the work, last season impressed, and has just done it more, more and more this season. Uh, someone that is uh, a problem for this Saints squad and just overall a really tough runner. Yeah, Steve, he's uh... – <laughs> You got to understand, he understands his job. Uh, he knows once they pick Bijan, you know, he's a top 10 pick, that he wasn't going to get the touches that he did a year ago. And, you know, he was a 1,000 yard rusher a year ago. Right now, he sits a little under 650, but he's bowling ball type runner, tough, hard nosed, a lot of north south with him. Every once in a while, he gives you an east west move, but um, when they've asked him to be a focal point of their offense, he can do that. They don't use him a lot as a receiver. Just every once in a while, they'll throw him a pass, not like Bijan. Uh, but, you know, you can see how the Falcons are built. Uh, they're built to run the football, and they have that talent with certainly with Bijan, who's been everything – you know, he was built up to be coming into the league. And then Tyler Algier and also Cordell Patterson. Um, you know, uh, he's been all across the board, so to speak, uh, in the NFL. Been used as a running back, an age back, a flanker, wide receiver, return man. So you know what they're going to give you. They, they're going to want to run the football and control the tempo of the game and we saw it late in the first game when they needed to close it out, eight straight runs uh, they had against the Saints. So, you know, Tyler's a big part of that along with Bijan. And you want to be protective today, even though he's uh, practiced all week uh, because of the injury to Taylor Heineke. I think they're going to rely even more on the running game. But Tyler's a really good player in this league. He's not a star back, but he's a doggone good one. You know, sticking on the offense there, you know, Drake London's a guy who kind of fascinates me because I, you know, it came out of, it came out of USC. I don't know if that's the, the offense you look at in terms of these dynamic playmakers, but, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown also out of USC. They clearly have done a, have figured out a way to develop these kind of physical, big-bodied, or at least like kind of, you know, contested catch type receivers because I think that's what I've seen from Drake London you know 6-4-2-19 not exactly a burner but he's a guy that just presents a matchup problem I almost want to comp him to Mike Thomas in that way of like even when he's covered he's not necessarily covered and it's just on the quarterback to get him the ball you know what what kind of matchup issues does he provide for this Saints team because it is interesting because you know they can match up well with some of these more physical guys but then you don't have Marshawn Lattimore so how does that affect it? Yeah, he's sort of a combo guy because he has some Mike Evans in him who you just played last week in Tampa and certainly some of the Mike Thomas traits. Uh, I do remember this summer in our, we doing our preview for the NFL. Uh, Jen Hale had done all of the preseason games for Atlanta, and I had asked her what was the one guy that 
she thought would be the breakout guy this year, and it was quick. It was Drake London. <clears throat> Great size. Um, he knows how to position his body between the ball and the defender really well. He's a move-the-chains type of guy. Every once in a while, he'll give you that big play threat downfield. But he, he played in a pro-style offense, so the adjustment to the NFL was pretty smooth for Drake London. And it was a controversial pick because of the fact they had so many receivers in that draft class. A lot of people felt they would maybe go with a up-the-field speed receiver instead of Drake. That's not what Terry Fontenot wanted to do. He wanted to give him that big target receiver that could move the chains and be an 80 to 90 catch type guy. Now you got to have the quarterback to do that. They haven't found that guy yet, but man, he is a really good player, Jeff. And I think that in the right situation, he could be sort of a little bit in between what we see in Mike Evans in Tampa and what we've seen here with Michael Thomas, but he's really more of a possession guy, but he gives you a nightmare red zone, short yarded situations. And a lot of people, you know, there's no cornerback who's six foot four and a half, six five. That's none. So just put it up there and Drake has been able to go up and get it. He's a really good football player with more upside than really what he's shown so far in Atlanta, just because they haven't had the guy to be able to get the ball to him on a regular basis. But he's the scary guy for me on that team offensively uh, from a pitch-and-catch standpoint because there is no matchup against him. You you have to kind of bracket him over and under to try to limit him uh, to move the sticks, which that's what they do with him. Mike, looking at that Falcons defense, we knew uh, once Ryan Nielsen took over there as defensive coordinator, they were going to be coming for a lot of former Saints and uh, one of the free agents that they inked a big deal with, linebacker Caden Ellis. Three years, $21.4 million, 11 million guarantees. But, man, you got to say it's pretty much paid off for the Dirty Birds. Uh, Ellis right now career high in tackles and tackles for loss this year. Yeah, he hasn't had as many sacks as he did a year ago with the Saints, but He's he become a starter. That was a big thing for him. Uh, getting to know him a little bit. He was he's a competitor. Uh, you know, when your dad's a former NFL player for double digit seasons, he's had two younger brothers that have played college football. Um, you grew up in that environment, and I think he wanted to be a starter. He looked on this team that basically were just starting two linebackers and said, you know, I want a place where I can go and one, get paid, and two, be a starter. Atlanta was the right spot for him. Very smart, instinctive football player. Um, I thought injuries early on with the Saints sort of derailed him a little bit. But, man, closer to the line of scrimmage, you can see his run defense skills. He's a really good open field tackler. He takes good angles to the football. He's not the quickest, fastest guy around, but he's so smart, so instinctive. He's gotten better uh, throughout the years in the coverage part of the game, which he hadn't been used that way. Uh, when he was in college, he was one year a pass rusher and one year a guy. They stuck along the uh, defensive line to stop the run, but he, man, 
he's a good player. He just knows where the football is. He rarely takes a false step to the ball. And um, he can get out to the quarterback when they use him that way. They have not used him that way as much as we saw Ryan do last year. When Remember, the Saints were struggling with a pass rush. And Ryan came up with this little innovation. Let's use Caden Moore coming off the edge. And it, it really worked for him. Despite the fact the Falcons have not gotten much of a pass rush this year, so I don't know. Ryan might think that's a trend. Um, they have not used him a lot uh, in the pass rush part of the game, but man, to affect Derek Carr today, and what I think is the weakness of their team, a bit of a leaky secondary, you may see them shoot Caden Ellis off the edge as a pass rusher more. You know, I think that's an interesting point that you bring up in that, you know, this is funny that the last two seasons you've kind of had the same conversation. Like, oh, the pass rush isn't quite as effective as we like it. We need to find something else. And last year they turned to Caden Ellis in that role with some injuries, and he has a really strong finish to the season, gets a bunch of sacks. This year you're in a similar situation. Cam Jordan gets hurt. Zach Bond kind of steps into that role. He's your same yeah. linebacker. But now you're using him in the pass rush as a situational rusher, and you look at it, you're like, okay, you should be able to play Sam and a situational rusher role because they're not on the field at the same time. You don't have a situational rusher when you're in base, you know, and, and then you're also talking about a guy who's elite on special teams. And I start to wonder, you know, maybe it's a happy accident. You kind of luck into this scheme that works. But at a certain point, don't you have to start looking at it as, no, this isn't our last resort. This is the plan. This works. Find like a Taysom Hill on the defense. He's going to contribute on special teams. He's going to play Sam linebacker, but he's going to rush the passer in third and long, and he's going to be a matchup problem. To me, I think that almost makes too much sense to not kind of turn it into a uh, you know, kind of a staple of this defense. I'm curious how you how, how you see that. Yeah, and my thing is, did you watch him in college at Wisconsin? What did he do? Now, I read a bunch of horse hockey about, oh, he was great in coverage. Man, I, I don't know who's watching him, but that's not how they used him at Wisconsin at all. He was a pass rusher coming off the edge and a good one. And you know what? He's been pretty doggone good with the Saints when they've used him there. I don't know why it took him so long to figure that out. Because if you watch Zach Bowen at Wisconsin, that's what he did. He was not a cover linebacker. Uh, he was a guy used mostly as an edge guy to get pressure. If you watch Wisconsin's defense throughout the years, look how many of those guys have made it in the NFL doing the exact same thing. I know one thing, that Watt guy's pretty good doing it. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not comparing him to TJ by any stretch, but what I'm saying is you saw it last year. Why wouldn't you have figured out that that same sort of position could have been used this year? It came to you late, but I think that's Zach's spot here uh, on this football team or on another team as a designated pass rusher, kind of, as you pointed out, uh, a jack of all trade, Taysom Hill type player, on the defensive side of the football. He's never going to be great in coverage. He's going to get beat. If I'm throwing the ball, I'm throwing it right at Zach. But his run defense skills, his ability to get off a block, get some pressure off the edge, that's what he does best. And I'd like to see him used more that way, and that'd be a permanent part of this defense. I can find those guys in college. 
talking to NFL and college football analyst Mike Dettelier. Another one on the defense for me, Mike. Uh, safety Jesse Bates, another person that the Falcons doled out some money to this offseason to bring into this defense, which has paid off. He ranks second among DBs with a career high, 128 tackles this year. Uh, and then that last meeting against the Saints, he had 12 tackles, a forced fumble, and that 92-yard pick six we all remember quite well. It's been a big addition for this Dirty Bird squad. Yeah, they paid a lot of money to him. I remember we got Randy Mueller on afterwards. He was like, Mike, I don't know who's paying all these monies to these safeties, but it wouldn't be me. I'd pay him to corners. I wouldn't worry about paying safeties that kind of money. But he's really uh, paid off, so to speak, uh, I guess the best way to put it, for the Falcons. He's always around the football. He's really good in run defense. He's really built like an outside linebacker when you next to him, he's not a small guy uh, for a safety and he comes up the seam and fast in run support. But every once in a while, and you've seen teams sort of pick on him the last couple weeks on the deeper pass. Man, if I'm the saints and I see that on film, if I see it, they've got to see it too. He's coming up some big plays in the passing game on the deeper throws, man. I got to, use Chris Olave, Rashid Shaheed in that category. But he's been a, a great addition to that roster. Maybe a little unorthodox that you're trying to build your secondary around the safety position because he was never really known as a ball hawk. He was a good player in pass coverage, but he was never a great one. And I think it's just his inability to maybe – quickly turn and run to the ball. Now, when he plays deep safety, that's where he's dangerous. And that's when he caught Derek Carr. And he said it after the game. I saw what he did in prior games, and I knew he was going to make that throw. And he just sort of baited him into that. And I think really that changed the game. Because the Saints had some momentum going at that point, and it looked as though they were going to cash in with a touchdown. And that changed the game radically at that particular point. Jesse Bates is a really good player. It's interesting. That's what Ryan wanted to build around in the secondary. Because most teams today, they're really trying to build around the cornerback position. And the secondary guys be the kind of the last line of defense. With Atlanta, they've used Jesse in a lot of different situations. I think he's a really good player. Everybody has strengths and weaknesses. With his weakness, it's his times that he's one-on-one with a guy deep downfield, and he can't run with some of these speedsters just because he's like a big outside linebacker playing safety. Yeah, you talk about you talk about the speed there, and you know, obviously, a guy who made the Pro Bowl this week, Rashid Shahid, second year out of Weber State. You know, I don't think even he he told us he didn't even vision himself as a Pro Bowl player when he came out of college, and it's just come really quickly for him. And I I do think it's you know when you look at this team's ability to identify Pro Bowl return guys, you know, it's pretty impressive. You obviously had Deontay Hardy in 2019, but you know what what I think sets Rashid a little bit apart in that regard is. He's also been elite as a downfield weapon, and he has shown some, some ability on some of the underneath. You know, he can run the entire route tree. And I think that's something you, you, know, you got to a little bit with Deontay, but his size was always so, so limiting yeah. in that regard of how you could use him. Whereas Rashid, you know, that length and his ability to track falls downfield and really give you that, you know, field-stretching weapon, I think, you know, 
it makes it feel like a very different situation, even though these are both Pro Bowl guys. I'm just curious how you kind of see Rashid. How have you seen his development this season compared to maybe what your expectations were, uh, you know, this time last year? Yeah, I knew coming out of college he had had a knee issue. And that that probably stopped him from getting selected because he really did have a very impressive college career as both a return man and also as a deep threat guy. We didn't see him at all (laughs) in training camp. You know, we saw him off to the side, but we didn't really see him practice. Um, I think he's more impressive as a receiver to me than I thought he would be because of the fact that you look in this league, a lot of guys come out with the reputation of being fast. And then you put a helmet and pads on them, and they're not as fast as you might think. He's fast with helmet and shoulder pads. And it was so funny this year, summer at the Louisiana line camp, we had about 13 uh, current NFL defensive coaches there. And every one of them to a man talked about, man, with the Saints, man, the guy that scares me is Rashid Shaheed. Uh, We don't have nobody that can go step for step with him downfield once he gets it cranked up. And it was funny they brought up his receiving skills. Said, man, he's an elite return man. No question about it. And he's carried that over from high school to college to the pros. But it's his development as a deep threat and getting away from people. And you watched it this year. He ain't seen a lot of press coverage. And they offer him. They know. You play press coverage on him and miss, all you see is the back of his cleats uh, because that guy can run. You know, other part, too, uh, most of the time you see these speedster-type guys, sometimes they don't catch the ball well. Do we remember Rashid Shaheed dropping a punt or a kick? Do we remember Rashid Shaheed dropping a a deep pass? Nope. You know, he is really sure-handed for that type player. And uh, against Atlanta, who has been vulnerable the last couple weeks to the deep pass, him and Olave, man, they're running deep patterns for me. That means winning up front uh, along the offensive line. You've got to win that battle and give Carr an opportunity to put it up there and let Olave and let Rashid get under it. But uh, I agree with you, Jeff. I think the big thing with him is that what we really didn't know was how secure a receiver he was. When you use fans and when you had some moves to him, but it was his security catching the football. He catches it out front with his hands. Uh, a lot of these smaller speed receivers, they body snatchers. They let the ball get right into their body before they make a catch because I think they feel more comfortable doing it that way. He's not that way. He catches the ball out front with his hands. I got to put the ball up there three or four times today for Rashid to, to make some big plays for me against the Falcons. Mike, always great information. Be talking to you more on the Bud Light come, countdown to kickoff coming up 10 a.m. with the Cajun Cannon. All right, guys. Y'all take care. Thanks, Mike. That's Mike D's Notebook brought to you by the Thibodeau Regional Health System.